Hey, so found out, uh, it's weird. I am not the only conservative who's finding themselves canceled. We got canceled by MailChimp. That's not what happens to the cool kids. Cool kids get canceled by Twitter. Good friend of mine who I might've given a little tiny help getting into talk radio joins me because he found himself getting canceled, but cool kid like. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And the times, pretty clear. I think God has painted a big picture for us. Here's the bad guys. Here's the not so bad. And here's God Almighty. And I think that's a very clear picture. You know that we got canceled by MailChimp because they're a publisher, not an email platform. Well, lo and behold, I get an email from a good friend, a talk show host. He's got a bunch of strikes against him. I mean, first of all, he lives in the separate country of Seattle. He's number one. Um, a Jewish guy who actually takes his faith very seriously. Uh, number two, he's an entrepreneur. Number three, he's a conservative and a talk show host. So it's surprising to me that he's still, uh, well, able to speak freely. Ari Hoffman joins me, found himself canceled. Ari, welcome to Todd Herman Show. Thanks for having me. And before you ask any questions, I want your audience to know that this is all your fault. <laughs> really, what your audience doesn't know yeah. is that I am in this industry because of you. When we were having problems with the Jewish cemeteries, with homeless people moving in, doing drugs, having sex on the graves, um, you found out about it. You had me on your show without finding out who I was or anything. You kept having me back, and I really got a taste for it. And it's amazing. I still think back on that first time you had me in studio. And you're like, no, Ari, if you want to sound more authoritative, move closer to the microphone. The things you said like that, you were always very supportive, and I made this career change pretty much because of you. And I just want to thank you for that because you gave me this opportunity. Well, I appreciate that. And, and that goes full circle because the studio you're sitting in right now, the 570 KVI uh, studio happens to be uh, where I got back into talk radio. So your morning show uh, partner, John Carlson, um, John Carlson gave me and my friend Chris an opportunity to come in and fill in for him. And, and that was my entree back into talk radio. Uh, and then ultimately became a fill in for Ben Shapiro. And then Ben moved on and, and went on to, you know, huge things. And we came on over on, on 770 KTTH. So it is actually due to John Carlson, all of this, uh, that I ended up getting to fill in for Rush Limbaugh, God rest him and, and, and all of that. So this is just fair. Uh, this is just turnaround is fair play. So um, let's just set a couple things that I, I don't think, you know, I've had uh, Dory Monson on, our mutual friend, um, Ari, and we've talked about this. And, and I don't think people truly understand when I say separate country of Seattle, like, it, 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 is that hyperbolic at all? Not at all. I will say is that there are certain cities that have become entirely separate countries, just like Seattle. It's not the only one. Yeah. There seems to be free America. And I think of the movie Red Dawn. Yeah. It really seems like there's free America and there's everywhere else. I mean, in Seattle, I went to the bank today. I haven't been to the bank in a year and a half. Just I haven't need to. I don't need cash. Everything's yeah. electronic now. So I go to the bank and they make you put the mask on. And there's a person sitting behind plexiglass 
wearing a mask behind the plexiglass and there's a new desk next to the desk, the next to the vestibule you come up to with two chairs blocking you from getting too close. Well, if the plexiglass works and the mask, why do you need the mask? If the mask works, yeah. why do you need that? And I assume all these people are vaccinated. It's probably a condition of employment. Yeah. But it's, it's absolutely insane. And then I go to Arizona last month. Nothing. Everything's fine. I go to Florida, you know, back in May. Nothing. Everything's fine. During the height of the pandemic, I went to New York. And when I flew in there, they made you download an app to check in with the National Guard to register with the state. And then I remember this. This just showed the whole flaw of the thing. The National Guard met the airplane, met the airplane at JFK. And I get off the plane and all these people are lining up to show their whatever it is that they filled out on the plane. And I took one and I, I messed with it and did stuff. I think I wrote 123 Main Street as my, my address or yeah. wherever I was staying. And then I noticed that, hey, everybody's going to the left, but that hallway to the right, nobody's there. So I'm just going to go that way and bypass all this. And I just, I just left. So, this, you know, if I had been a super spreader bioreactor, like Governor Jay Inslee says, I could have killed the whole city. But, you know, no big deal. Well, and speaking of Inslee, I mean, the insanity um, of of that state, uh, when I call it a province now, Ari, I, I think it's fallen. I honestly, you know, I left two years ago. I think it's a fallen place. Um, he mm-hmm. wants to criminalize uh, office holders questioning election results. At the same time, as you have the figurehead in D.C. saying that these next elections might not be legitimate because they didn't get their vote harvesting um, uh, ID outlawing uh, bill turned into law. He has James Clyburn out now on the same talking points. Yes, this is probably going to be an illegitimate election. Mind you, with the same rules that just gave us, in their words, the safest, most secure election in history, which they determined and put the talking points out before the election was finished, right? Yeah. So it, the, you, you stack these, uh, these double standards, which always equal hidden agendas on top of one another. Then to your point about the COVID, and this is so scary to me, um, that you have these order-taking people um, who are just busily sucking and licking on the bottom of the boot in Utah, former Bush types, they want to loose the National Guard to keep Utahns in their home if they've not gotten the medically useless and very, very dangerous mRNA injections. That's in Utah. So this, yeah. this sickness that, and you know what it is, it's a con and so many people have been bought off. Public health has been bought off. We're learning about the payments to the schools to keep the schools closed, to keep kids masked. We know it's more money if someone dies from the COVID flu, even if they didn't, you know, even if it's a gunshot wound, they get paid. For this, So it is remarkable. I do think there's separate countries. I think what people don't understand about Seattle is that there are people overtly, they're in office, Ari, and they are overtly committed to overthrowing America. Is that an understatement or an overstatement? I, I think that when you say overthrow America, what they really mean is take over America, take over our way of life, people in office. They want America to be their socialist ideology or their communist ideology or their Marxist ideology or whatever it is. So I'd say they still want the name America. Mm. They want to say we reformed America, but they want to reform it into their image. Right. And it won't be anything recognizable of what we have right now. I mean, you look at what's going on right now. Governor Jay Inslee says he's not going to give up his emergency powers until he solves climate change. (laughs) Okay. Let's just, let's just break that down for a second. So, Governor Jay Inslee, who every climate measure he has done has made things worse, 
is going to solve it. Now, let's say he gets every plan he wants. We just had two years of people not driving or a year and a half or whatever it yeah. is of people not driving. Things didn't get that much better. So if he gets everything he wants, that's just Washington. You got to convince the Chinese of that. You got to convince the Russians of that. Right. You got to convince, oh, Joe Biden of that, who says we can't drill for oil because it's bad. So we're going to buy it from the Arabs out in the Middle East. That's what we're going to do instead. That's right. his big plan. So now his big plan is electric cars. Well, Jay, if you plan on puncturing all the dams, how are you going to power the cars? If you plan on getting rid of all that, how are you going to power the cars? Or better yet, I got one for you. Jay, have you actually looked into what it takes to make a lithium-ion battery? Because a lithium-ion battery, the amount of carbon it takes to pull that sucker out of the ground, how bad that is for the environment, is worse than the entire life of a gas-powered car. Well, at so least at least, can any- at least they can employ all those little kids digging around in the mud. Uh, yeah. with, the, with the radioactive lithium, you know, byproducts and such. I mean, at least those kids have something to do during the day. So J&J can feel good about that. I mean, um, they have survived the abortion mill, so uh, they get to go do that. J&J's other great love in life. Uh, so you found yourself, you went in, I, I'm assuming in the morning, and I think you like being on the Twitter, Jack Dorsey's hate machine. And you went in, logged into the hate machine, and the hate machine told you what? Yeah, so I was working on a story, actually. I was looking at some other Twitter profiles, and then as I'm working on the story, all of a sudden, Twitter just blacks out. It just stops working. And it said, you need to reset your password. It said this. I'm like, okay, maybe somebody tried to hack my account. Right. So I go in, I change my password, and it's, it's saying, no, you can't access your material. And it wouldn't let me do this. This is 1 o'clock in the morning, because you know me. I don't sleep. Yeah. So it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and it won't let me. It won't let me. I'm like, fine, I'll send a message to technical support. I'll see what happens tomorrow morning. I wake up in the morning and as I look at my Twitter on my phone, it now has a post of mine and it says, if you want to cancel your appeal, click here. I'm like, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Why am I appealing? I didn't appeal anything. I didn't know there was a problem. It yeah. turns out this was a post from back in September. September. What was post about from September. This wasn't a new thing. What was it about? It was about Jay Inslee's strike teams. The job listing is up on the Washington Board of Health website, on the Washington State website. It's on governmentjobs.com for strike teams to assist with quarantine hotels. Yep. And it says they will liaise with various agencies. The salary, I believe, goes from $3,200 to $4,400 a month. Yep. Everything's listed right there. It says exactly what they're planning on doing. So I said, you know what? I wrote an article about this for the Post Millennial a while ago. Let me see if that job listing is still up. Yeah. I go over there. Job listing is still up. Quarantine hotels are still a thing. And I'm like, what's going on here? I did. This is back from September. And what happened was Jay Inslee got busted by the board, by the citizens of Washington, because him and the board of health had this plan. Their plan was they were going to mandate vaccines for kids to go to school. And the other thing they were going to do was they were going to adapt existing law to include COVID restrictions. Yep. So existing law on Washington state and in a lot of states says, if there's this big outbreak, we can arrest you. We can put you in quarantine. We can put you in isolation. Those laws have been on the books in Washington, I think since 2003, 2006. They want to modify them to include COVID. They want to discuss using them to include COVID. And they cited them in the board of health agenda. Here's the WAC. Here's the RAW. Here's the ones we're going to use. Well, you could have just created new ones and said, here's what we're going to do because of COVID. Here's, but instead, they're citing those. And you don't cite something unless you plan on using it. So I wrote an article about that meeting that was upcoming. I laid it all out very carefully. 
And then I went back and I cited my previous reporting, which included the quarantine hotels, which included the strike team, which included all this. Governor Jay Inslee gets busted for this. 8,000 people show up to that meeting of the Board of Health. And then 30,000 people, I believe, or 30,000 emails got received. Yeah. So Jay Inslee goes into full damage control mode, him and his buddy Mike Falk, who that's a whole nother story. Anyway, the two of them go into full damage control mode and go run into the Associated Press. This is fake news. This wasn't what we were planning on doing. I have the agenda right here. I have screenshots of the agenda right here. I've put them in the article. This is what you were planning on doing. You weren't going to pass anything at this, but you were going to be discussing it. And you don't discuss it unless you plan on passing it down the road. So what happens? He goes to the Associated Press. These, and as soon as I saw the Associated Press write on this, I knew this was going to happen. He goes right in the Associated Press and tells them it's right-wing media. It's conservative talk show hosts. It's candidates who are running for office like Joe Kent. And how dare the Republicans not condemn him? Condemn him for what? Exposing what you were up to? Yeah. This wasn't some conspiracy theory. This is what you plan to do. So then Associated Press runs the article. Seattle Times, because they can't do anything on time and they can't get their own stories, picks up the Associated Press thing, writes their own article. Not to disparage an organization you used to have stuff to do with, but Nick Bowman over at My Northwest picks it up too, writes this article, and conveniently leaves out all the actual facts and material surrounding it, and now you have a narrative. And now Twitter says you're spreading misinformation about COVID, and boom, my account gets locked for that post. Yep. So it is, and it's hand in glove and goes side by side. And, um, you know, I don't have anything disparaging to say about the company I work for at all. They gave me an unbelievably um, beautiful, dignified sign off. And that's just not done in radio. So I, look, mm-hmm. I, I will say forever, I'm, I'm deeply, deeply grateful. They gave me an opportunity to say goodbye to my listeners. In fact, um, my colleague, uh, former colleague and, and friend, Jason Rance, you know, actually mentioned the ToddHermanShow.com on a show a couple of times. So, I, I, but I will tell you, um, Nick, who I know, uh, is also the guy who wrote an article uh, explaining that Antifistan was was great, and that Antifistan, the concern about it was just conservative p- pearl clutching. That those I of think us I were, was mentioned in that one yeah, actually. <laughs> those of us we're just we're 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 wetting ourselves with fear is the reason we yeah. don't like this. We're afraid of direct democracy. Now, I I failed to see, and maybe he did write an apology when we had a child murdered. Um, a teen murdered when we had a woman in that same area that had still been decimated. Um, she was murdered by Travis, uh, who used to be a an interesting uh, sort of, you know, weird drug addict who became a savage, demonic drug addict who hammered nails into a woman's head right up by where Antifacent happened. The rapes. Um, mm-hmm. The vandalism, the beatings, the sexual assault of a street minister that you watch on TV, uh, that you watch on video, um, the shootings, the handing out of AR-15s. I never saw Nick Bowman at MyNorthwest.com come back and say, oh, I'm sorry, this wasn't actually conservative pearl clutching. I didn't see him apologize to the Asian businesses. And we're not supposed to talk about this. This has never been covered. Um, You know, they still call it Chinatown. So do I. But you're supposed to say the International District. Um, Ari, there were some 80 businesses just destroyed down there. Um, And, you know, that's that's never talked about. So, yeah, I, I, I can take an individual instance like that with Bowman and point to this is coordination. This is and I firmly believe, um, Ari, that we live in a coordinated media environment. 
in a controlled media yep. environment. Now, I happen to know right, that I would accept KVI from that. And, and to the greatest degree possible, I would accept, you know, uh, KTTH from that. And I was there for eight years. So, but I think that the AP is part of this machine and I think they go hand in hand. AP has pushed more disinformation about the COVID than anyone with the exception of Dr. So-called Dr. Tony Fauci. So you think um, this is Inslee calling it a hit on you? Well, I think it's a little bit more than that. Ah. I don't think he's after just me. Yeah. I think he's out to clean up his reputation. So you know that you reach out to people for comments all the time. And 90% of the time when you reach out to a Democrat, they won't come on your show. Right. And this is even if you haven't mentioned them before anything, they will not come on to defend their points. Right. I've reached out many times since I got into this industry, since I was writing the post Millennial to Inslee's office to interview him. He has refused, refused, refused. This week, I asked him to come on the show to talk about this very issue, not the media part, because this was before that happened. Yeah. But I asked him to come on and clear up what's going on with the Board of Health. I asked him to come on my show. Mike Falk gets back to me. And says, no, he won't be coming on your show because of the misinformation to traffic him. <laughs> and I go, okay. And I said, when I was running for office, you know, a lot of people like the stranger would disparage me constantly, but I would still take every single interview, yeah. every single interview, every leftist podcast that wants to talk to me. And some people say it hurt my campaign. I go, you can't be the representative for just the people that agree with you. You have to be the representative for everybody and you're answerable to them. So even though I'm a candidate and not an elected official, I took every single interview. So I take every single interview and I said, I did that when I was running for office. I do that when people disparage me When people talk, even though I'm not disparaging him, I'm using his own facts against him. Yeah. And I said, it's a shame that the governor doesn't have the same courage. And Falk didn't like that. No. Falk did not like that and sent me a very snarky email in response. I don't want to misquote him, but let's just say it was very snarky because I don't remember exactly yeah. what it said. And that says everything right there. Inslee doesn't want this to be a stain on his reputation because I think, and there was an article in the Washington Observer about this, and all signs point to this, I used to think that Inslee just wants to be part of the Biden administration. And I think that's still true, but I think the narrative has now shifted. His ideas have now shifted where he doesn't want to be part of the administration. He, in his deluded mind, thinks that if they're not voting for Joe and they're not voting for Kamala, in their desperation, they will turn to Governor Jay Inslee right. to save everybody. Well, and, I would, and he really thinks that. Well, I would tell you this. Um, you know, I don't think this is Republican versus Democrat any longer at all. Mm -hmm. To me, it's the party versus the people. And on a greater sense, um, I believe it's an ungodly series of acts undertaken by, I, I firmly believe Tony Fauci's a psychopath. I believe the CEO of, uh, of, of, of Pfizer's a psychopath. And I'm basing this on their actions. I think Jay Inslee is a cold and calculated malignant cancer um, on the face of Washington state. So the party, you know, to me is pharma, media, tech, academia, and the deep state. That's the party. And Jay Inslee has proven himself to be the coldest, most calculating, brutal man acting on behalf of the party that I could ever imagine. He has uh, instituted his, his dictatorship is responsible for the highest rate of teen suicides and, and isolation and uh, suicide attempts. And you know, this Ari 2000% increase in sex trafficking over this period of time, destruction of small businesses, all of this with this. And I'll say this as a fact. And Ari, you understand the significance of how I'm going to say this. And I'll say it to, to Mike Falk here and I'll say it to Mike and I'll say it to Jansley. You have no data. You have no idea how many people ever had the COVID flu. You have no idea how many people ever died from the COVID flu. I am not stating an opinion. I am stating a fact. 
So you could come and sue me if I was stating a, you couldn't do that if I'm stating an opinion. I'm not stating opinions. I am stating fact. Washington State's Department of Health has literally no idea how many people ever had the COVID flu or or died from it because you have no measurement standards, Right. right? So that's, I'm stating that as a fact. We'll get back to Ari in a second here. I was just now taking a text from my friend, Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital, host of New York Risk Radio. And you guys have been so cool signing up for some of the workshops that Zach's putting on and responding to, um, to his offer to help you get educated on how to actually use bonds now in the real world. Because for six years, at least, Zach has been talking about his number one concern, which is, he says, is inflation with all this money printing still 0% interest rates. Inflation will very likely rise. When inflation rises, bonds get crushed. So that's six years he's been saying this. And look, there there used to be this 60-40 mix is a safe portion of your portfolio. And Zach has said, if you're still doing that, you might be taking a serious risk with your retirement investments. So if this concerns you, then just do this. Go get educated. Bulwark's on, on their bond replacement strategy. Number one, you can read this and figure out how to do it on your own. It's a teaching device, as is Zach's radio show. You may decide you want Zach to do it for you, but start with this. Get the free booklet, Common Sense Investment. Investing. Their goal is to protect your portfolio against lost while still seeking to grow your assets. So call now, call Zach, get your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Ari Hoffman is with me. So um, when, I, when I state that, I saw you nodding that I state as fact that the Washington State Department of Health has literally no idea how many people ever had COVID flu or died from or with it. And I state it as a fact. Do you think I just put myself at risk of being successfully sued? No, I'm going to prove it right now. Here we go. Okay. And my whole family's attorneys, except for me. I'm the only one. My father said it was a good thing. I didn't go that (laughs) direction. So here's why. Go on the Washington State website. Tell me where are the metrics. Tell me where's any of the data that shows how we get out of this. It's all gone. Remember Jay Inslee's dials, remember his numbers? Or here, I'll give you another one. So relatives of mine recently had COVID and such, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not reporting it to the state because they're doing the home COVID tests. Is anybody reporting that to the state? So many people have told me, yeah, I know we had COVID, but I can't tell my employer because then I can't go to work and the kids can't go to school, so I'm not going to say anything. So let's give them benefit of the doubt, which they do not deserve at all, and say that beforehand. Because I got COVID back at the beginning of this sucker, and the Washington Department of Health called me. And they said, where have you been? And I go, I'm not telling you. And they said, well, why not? They were shocked. I, was I the first person to say I'm not telling you? Yeah. And, and I go, it's none of your damn business. And, and they go, oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. I'm like, really, are there that many people? And this was yeah. Thanksgiving of 2020. Yeah. Are there that many people that whole time? So from February to November of 2020, that gave them the info that nobody ever pushed back on this person or was this person new? How do we get out of this? Where are the metrics to say this is how we get out of it? And when Jay Inslee says, like what I said before, that we're not getting out of this until he solves climate change, there's no data behind any of this. There never was data behind any of this. And here's another example. So Jay Inslee has had us in masks in Washington State since August, right? We didn't wear them for like two months when he's up on top of the Space Needle rolling up that flag and saying Washington State's open for business. So then two months later, he has masks back on. Our increase in cases in the last 14 days has been 94% according to the New York Times. Florida's has been down 
24%. And we've been wearing masks since August, and they've never been wearing masks. Somebody want to tell me how that's actually following the data, following the science at all? They don't want to do that. They don't want to actually look at the numbers. This is all excuse to seize more. Look what he's doing with the schools. Look what he's doing with climate change. Look what he's doing with the law. Look what he's doing with freedom of speech. Everything he wants to take away from you and enshrine himself and the Democrats as the arbiters of truth. That's what he wants to have. Yeah, and that's really, really well said. And, and I will just illustrate this for people this way. So much of this comes from Fauci and the payments to people. The payments are about inventing COVID illnesses. They called them cases. Cases is a meaningless word. They're not infections, right? Infections mean something that the virus has been cultured, etc. This is how I, I try to illustrate this to people. It would be like building a house. If Fauci was the general contractor, and you came and you saw your house and it looked like a glob of goo and it had no form and it was just a, a pile of lumber. And you'd say, how did you get to this? How did this happen? And you start looking around and, well, what, let me ask you this. What measurement system did you use? Well, some of our people uh, use hands like when you measure a horse. Uh, others use the metric system, some of them uh, inches. There's a very unique method that uh, some of our contractors use called spitballing. Uh, so we we like a mix of this is this is what they did in Washington state. There was not a not a single standard for PCR thresholds. So it could be 20. It could be 49. And what that means is no one knows to what degree the, the positives were false or negative. Or, or, you know, were false or, or real. They don't know. And I'm willing to bet since they get money for finding COVID quote cases, I'm willing to bet they ramped them up as high as 49. In fact, I know they did. So their data is filled with that. Then you have King County going back and taking cases, 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 cases out of the, um, the so-called vaccinated pile. These aren't vaccines, and, and everybody should know that by now. Taking them out of that pile and putting them in the, quote, unvaccinated pile by doing things like, well, it wasn't seven days after or 14. It was only 13.9 days. So again, and I'll say this to, to what's his name? Mike Falk. I'll speak directly to you, Mike. Hey, if it's misinformation, file a lawsuit. Go to the ToddHermanShow.com, send in the lawsuit. And then we can do discovery. Yep. Hey, that'd be great yep. because if it's misinformation, just come and sue us for it because I'm stating exactly. it as fact, Inslee. All right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this and do let us know when you, um, when you have your triumphant return to Twitter, cause I'm, I, I know you and you're not the sort of guy to give up. And, um, I just, uh, it's a joy to see you sitting there in front of a talk radio sign. I, I knew it the minute I saw the kid. I says, kid, you're going to be somebody one day, something like that. And, and so it's just, a, it's a joy to see you doing that. And I hope that you will don't hug him because I found out John Carlson, he's not a hugger. I tried to hug him at a thing at an event, a Washington policy center event. And he was, he was pretty standoffish. Like, uh, let's, let's not hug. That's okay. Not everyone needs to be a hugger, but maybe if you yeah. hug him, since you are a colleague now, uh, maybe he'll accept the hug from you. So just let me know how it goes when you try to hug him. You got it. I'm not much of a hugger either, so that may end badly for both of us. <laughs> All right. Ari Hoffman's with us. He's on Seattle Radio 570 KVI. Also post-millennial, just uh, omnipresent one day. I'm certain returning in triumphant sense back to Twitter. So appreciate you coming on, my friend. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all you do, and thanks for the opportunities you gave me. I uh, appreciate it. 
Ah, so good to connect with old friends. I gotta see if I can get Rants on. I wonder if he'll come on. I think he would. Hey, if you have not taken the opportunity to do it, uh, or the time, or the trouble, or the hassle, because it's sort of a hassle, let's admit that. It is. I'm asking you to do something that's a bit of a hassle. If you share the show with friends and you share it through email, we are finding that is the best possible way for us to have organic growth. And that is just simply sending an email to someone and maybe take your favorite of our podcasts and you can find them, you know, they're all all archived wherever you listen to the podcast. Maybe just send them one and say, this is why I dig this guy. Um, and this is why we like the show, et cetera. And you send it to 10 friends, particularly friends who listen to the, um, the, the great Rush Limbaugh, God rest him, because a lot of people will recognize my name that way. And most of them don't know that we've got the podcast. You know, it's sort of fascinating uh, when you have an opportunity to talk with someone of a different faith. And I've been engaged in conversations uh, with a gentleman who's a longtime listener to this show. And I, I really want to get him on. And I really think I'm watching these debates go on, and this happens to be going on in Twitter. And I'm watching my friends debate with this gentleman. And the, the degree to which people go great lengths to be polite is so impressive to me. Now, not that I would, you know, have people not, not be polite and not that I would expect anything less of the people in this thread but this is a gorgeous thread, and I'm going to put this in the show notes because I would like you to be able to see this, albeit it's on Jack Dorsey's hate machine. So some of you, you know, will, will choose not to click, and that's fine. But it's the sort of way a debate should go. And give an example is I read through the thread and I see five or six different times listeners and people who, uh, you know, look at what I post on Twitter. I don't say followers. We, uh, let's just not say followers. I follow Jesus. That's it. I follow Jesus the Christ. I don't follow people on Twitter. I read what they write. And I don't want to be followed on Twitter. But I see these comments like this. Thank you so much for sharing your point of view. I see this. I am really enjoying learning about you. Thank you for sharing this. And it is such a good form of debate. And it happens to be that this gentleman converted to Islam. And he had been at one point a, um, a, a pastor, a Christian pastor. And I think in an effort to sort of do the um, we're all in this together thing. And again, I'm not meaning that as a knock. Uh, he offered the thought that Islam considers Christ Jesus to be a great prophet. And this is something this is this is I understand this to be the case that that. Um, that Muhammad said, yeah, Jesus was a great prophet and some other things uh, about, about Jesus the Christ. And in this debate, I really prayed about how do I respond to this? And the way I responded, I think is absolutely right theologically. But I, I, I also, I, I didn't want to come in, you know, pandering. And so I said, I'm asking this not out of disrespect. I'm asking this to be blunt. And what I asked the gentleman was, did Allah, probably did Muhammad commonly call liars uh, great prophets? Now, I'm not calling Jesus the Christ a liar. Right? What I'm representing is very fundamental. 
so Muhammad said that, that Jesus the Christ, and by the way, that means Jesus the King. For people who are new to the faith, you might be saying, why are you saying the Christ? So people who are new to the faith, you, you may know this, you may not. There's people who think that Christ was Jesus' last name. It's, that's, that's not it. Christ means Messiah or King. So when I say Jesus the Christ, I mean Jesus the Messiah or Jesus the King, the, the eternal King. So th- this, what, what Jesus said is, I am the truth, the way, and the light. No one gets to the Father but through me. And this is what I wrote back to this gentleman. This is what he said. So if Muhammad then said, well, Jesus is a great prophet. Well, no, he's not. Because if you're saying that you, Muhammad, and Allah is God, and please don't come to me and say Allah and and Father God and the Christian sense are the same. They're, They're not. Their belief structures are different. Um, their, their views of telling the truth are different. Uh, their views of war are different. There's a whole lot that's different. A whole lot. And, and I, out of respect for this conversation, I won't go further into what I think is really wrong with, with Islam. We can do that. I prefer to do it with this gentleman. But that's the conundrum they've set up for themselves. The conundrum is Jesus was who he says he was or not. So Islam has a problem here. Teaching that a man who lied about who he was, was a great prophet means you are promoting the words of a liar. If you're saying, well, Jesus was a great prophet and you mean that, well, then that would mean that the the Quran is a lie. So someone somewhere needs to figure this out because the people who surrounded Jesus the Christ, his apostles said, no, he was the truth, the way, and the light. No one gets to the Father but through him. They all said he was the Son of God, is and was. They all said, oh, yes, he was the Messiah. And here are all the predictions and prophecies, speaking of prophets, that show that he was to die a death like this and to undergo the sort of treatment that he underwent. And to perform the miracles and signs that he performs, including appearing eventually to about 5,000 people. But this goes to the heart of something that I think is also a, a, a huge trick of the devil, honestly. That there are churches who are bending over backwards to say, well, we're just one way to get there. We're just, we're, we're one way. In fact, there are events being held where, and I'm aware of the fact that I just talked to my good friend, Ari Hoffman, who is an observant and um, Jewish man, has a beautiful way of celebrating his faith and has raised his family in that. And he's very serious about his faith. So I'm aware of that. I'd have this conversation with Ari any day because I think we could handle it really well. But there are now church meetings going on where Jewish leaders and Islamic leaders and Christian leaders are coming together and celebrating this mix and match service to say, well, we all unite on this, but, but you don't. You, you, you simply don't. If you're coming in to say as an observant Jew, oh, Christ is, I'm doing this because what? Observant Jews do not believe that, that, that Jesus the Christ is the Christ. Some of them believe he was a, a great but flawed teacher. 
Some of them believe he was an effective but flawed um, uh, uh, rabbi. Some of them believe that maybe he was uh, bringing word that the, the, the Messiah would come one day. But a lot of them just believe, no, he was a liar. He was a criminal. There, there are people of the Jewish faith who call Jesus the Christ a criminal. Likewise, in Islam, there are people who will say, no, it's, it's the, the book says great prophet. Their, their book, the Quran says great prophet, but only Allah. And of course, as Christians, we believe that Jesus was and is the truth, the way, and the light. No one gets to the Father, but through him. So to put these things together would mean now you human beings, what you want to do is create a non-God that you can be assured is the non-God. Because I would say this about someone, an entity powerful enough to create everything that is and everything that ever will be. And I think all those faiths, you would say the Abrahamic faiths, all unite on the belief that God is that mighty, that God created everything with this, with, with his, you know, was always existed, always will exist, created everything, the breath in our lungs, the air that we breathe, all the things, everything. A being that strong with that much power would absolutely know who he is. And incidentally, on the gender construct, yes, in the Bible, he is 99.8% of the time, 99.9% of the time referred to in the masculine sense. There are some times in the Bible, I've just learned this, I didn't know this, where people concentrate on or put some light on the sort of feminine nature of God when he wants to be sort of maternal, but 99.8% of the time referred to in a paternal sense. So he would know who he is. And he would have clear ideas. He wouldn't be confused. The the God of the universe cannot be confused. How could the God of the universe who knows every hair on our head, who knows every molecule of our body, who has existed forever and will exist forever, how could that being actually be confused? Because if you look at the three separate faiths, you can do everything you can to try to make them the same. But I would point out that that Jesus the Christ did not say found armies and go around threatening people that unless they convert, they'll be, you know, they'll get their heads cut off. You'll cut their heads off if they don't convert. Find me in the teachings of, of Jesus the Christ where he said, go find the Jews hiding behind trees and stone them to death. Now, I know that a lot of misuse of Christian theology was used to justify killing in the name of Christ. And I know that, but that's a misuse of the theology. It's a misuse of what Christ Jesus said. But that's not a misuse, as I understand it, of what the Quran teaches and says. That even the rocks will call out to the great Muslim soldiers. There's a Jew hiding behind me. Come, come, kill him. And I'm firmly aware of the periods of time and the, and the shifting changes in, in the Quran that when, the, when Muhammad had no power, he was one way. When he had great power, he was another way. So I've at least studied that part. And likewise, if you go to Judaism, right? Strict Judaism is Christ Jesus is not and was not the Messiah. None of these faiths agree with each other. None of them. The Jewish faith and the Christian faith are closest Because it happens that Jesus, the Christ, was a Jewish man. It happens that 11 of the 12 apostles were Jewish. Luke was probably Roman. 
it happens that Jesus loved the Old Testament, which happens to be based upon and largely is the Jewish testimonies of of interactions with God and the Jewish observations and God's words to the prophets, the Hebrew prophets. And, And it happens to be that. And Jesus loved it. He taught from it. In fact, he said, I didn't come to, I didn't come to negate these teachings. Yes, there's a new covenant. Yes, there's a new way. I am the truth, the way, and the light. We no longer live in the era of the Mosaic law. You now live in the era of grace because I, God's son and God himself have decided to extend to you this grace by coming and believing in me. You are now made righteous, not considered righteous. You are made that way. You are refashioned. You are a new being. And the apostle Paul spoke so much about a new being. So there is a connection at least between the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. And yes, through father Abraham, there is a connection then of course, through Islam, but the teachings utterly depart. It becomes a complete offshoot, a complete rewriting. The New Testament consistently shows great respect for the Old Testament, consistently referencing it. In fact, using it as authority to say, hey, this was said in, for instance, Isaiah. And therefore, because Isaiah described these things, we now reference these now. And didn't, in fact, King David say this? And it is self-referential in that way because Christ referenced it. But strict Jewish, strict Judaism says that the guy who went to the cross and died, many of them say, no, he wasn't resurrected. Resurrected, that was a con. That, that never happened. His followers made that up. This was a great big hoax. There are people who say that. So by putting all these faiths together in one room, you are doing the ultimate of bowing to modern times. The ultimate of there's no right, there's no wrong. You are doing the ultimate thing that that the book of Revelation and the Apostle Paul, John in book of Revelation, Apostle Paul, that they warn specifically against. Do not add to these words. Do not change them. Do not add to them. You are guaranteeing yourself of being wrong by trying to hammer these three faces together. And what is it that they're really seeking to do? I think they seek to feel good. I think that they seek to be able to say, at last, we don't have these disagreements. At last, we all agree. At last, we can have peace. You know who loves that? Well, the devil loves that. At last, they think they believe. At last, they think they're worshiping. At last... They're going to go into churches, which are also synagogues and also temples. They're going to listen to a mishmash of thing. And at last, with many of these people, I've successfully confused the word of God. That people are effectively worshiping me. Just not by name. And I think the goal is to feel good in the world. Just as when you are dealing with a loved one who has a confused belief, perhaps, oh, porn's not bad for me. That to feel good, you ignore it. Or you have a loved one who drinks way too much and you know it, but, but to avoid the conflict, you just, you just say, well, you know what? He's really big. We used to do this with my dad. 
We'd be concerned, but dad drinks a lot of wine. Well, he's really big, so he can drink more wine than most people. Okay, that would make me feel better as a kid. Oh, okay, so my dad's big, so he can drink more. Well, his, his liver wasn't bigger. But I think that's what they're doing. Now, the reality is that truth is love. Truth and grace. That to speak the truth with grace, that's love. To look a loved one in the eye and say, I love you too much to pretend that porn is not harming you and that it's not harming sex trafficked people and that it's not an affront to God. Doesn't mean I don't love you. It means I'm telling you the truth. And in these churches that are gathering to create this non-religion, well, I guess it's a religion, but to create this non-truth, the truth is, if you want to guarantee yourself to be wrong, combine all three faiths that all disagree with one another and pretend that's the ultimate way to worship God. So appreciate your support of the program. So appreciate what you've done for us and sharing it with friends. Now, please do. Go be well, be strong, be kind, and I think as we just talked about, do in fact be right with God.